Good morning, everybody. So in the first reading from the prophet Isaiah today, we hear about a man named Cyrus. Cyrus, he is a pagan. He is a Persian king. And yet God has anointed him to help in releasing the Jewish people from Babylonian captivity. Now imagine if God can use someone like Cyrus, how much more he could do with us who love him and follow him and want to be with him. And in the second letter, the second reading, Paul is speaking to the church of Thessalonia, and he is saying they are chosen. So in these first two readings, we hear anointed and chosen. And each one of us, everyone in this room, you have been chosen by God. And by virtue of your baptism, you too have been anointed. And what does it mean to be anointed? It means to be set apart, to be made sacred. So each of us has been set apart, made sacred, and we are chosen. And so how do we live this out? And St. Paul helps us with this in the second reading when he talks about the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, which are all related and come from God and which are the very source of our own Christian action in the world. So let's start with faith. And you hear a lot of different definitions for faith. But faith is our ability to freely and fully commit ourselves to God 100%. To not want to be in control, but to surrender. To not want our own will, but the will of God. And I can tell you all that for much of my life, the only person that I was freely committed to was me and what I wanted to do and what my agenda was and how my career could go along and how successful I could be. I thought that freedom was being able to choose what I wanted for myself. But what St. John Paul II tells us is freedom does not come in choosing what you want. Freedom comes in choosing the truth who is Jesus Christ. That is true freedom. Praise God that I have found that freedom in my life. Now, in spite of all of my travels and all of my wanting to be selfish, God would put people, places, circumstances in my way to continually draw me to himself. And as that happened, I became less selfish and more selfless. And the more selfless I became, the more the power and the love of the Holy Spirit poured forth into me to sanctify me, but not only to sanctify me, but those around me by virtue of His love. And then there is hope. Hope means that we trust fully in God, that He is the source of our hope. So often we think hope is, well, it's going to be okay, or it's going to work out all right. But that is only fleeting. Hope, enduring hope, is found in Jesus Christ. The fact that no matter what happens, we will be with Him. 
we will see the face of God. As St. John Paul II, since he also said, hope is how man uses his talents in the world. So God calls us by virtue of the talents and gifts that we have to bring hope to the world. And Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, he goes on to say that without God, man has no hope. Because hope is enduring, hope is inspiring, hope is encouraging, hope is that someone in his name is Jesus. Now, if I were to sit here and say to you that I have never lost hope, that would just not be true. Because so often I allow the world to lay claim to my hope instead of Jesus. But this morning, he's calling us to all know that he is our hope, no matter the difficulty, no matter the suffering, no matter what's going on in our lives. He is our eternal hope. That everything on this earth is temporary, but that he is eternal. And then we have charity, faith, hope, charity. And charity is loving God simply because he is God. To give all of who we are to God in love and praise and worship. And to love our neighbor as well. To love God and to love our neighbor. And now when I think about the charity of Jesus, the first thing I do is I look at that cross where he poured out his life and love for us for the expiation of all of our sins for all of time. And then the second thing I think about is in a few moments we are all going to receive him in the Eucharist. What most powerful love we receive in the Eucharist that he has left for us, that we can abide and become one with his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity each time we receive him. And he calls us to do the same thing in charity, to empty ourselves out in love for those around us, and to abide with one another, to become one with one another as a community as he does with us in the Eucharist. Faith, hope, and charity, they all work in unison to help inflame the spiritual life that we have here on earth. So in the Gospel reading, you have some interesting characters. You've got the Pharisees, and Jesus, he has been kind of laying it down to him over the last few weeks in the Gospel readings. And then you have the Herodians who are associated with the Roman government. So you've got the Pharisees and the Herodians. Well, they're not friends, but they've gotten together to try to trick Jesus into saying something that he's obviously not going to say. Because if he says, okay, you need to pay the tax, then the Jewish people aren't going to be happy. And if he says, well, no, you don't need to pay the tax, well, then the Romans and the Herodians aren't going to be happy. And doesn't it feel that way in our life a lot of times? That it doesn't seem like there's a good choice? That it doesn't seem like there's an answer? That it doesn't seem like there's a way out? But listen to how Jesus answers the question. He takes a worldly question and he answers it from a heavenly, supernatural perspective. We'll give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's.
So I'm going to try to wrap this all together with, for you for all of the readings. Now, many of you know uh, that I had cancer three years ago. And when I had cancer, it would have been really easy for me to go, why is this happening to me? Why am I sick? I could start to go into pity, self-pity, doubt, and just kind of get in this hole. But instead, what I did is I surrendered that cancer to God. I surrendered control of my life to Him, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, God has me in His hands. It would have been so easy for me to lose hope. And I would confess to you that, remember I said trusting is hope, trusting God, that I struggled with trust. But it was in that lack of trust that I felt that I had that God sent forth the Holy Spirit to say, no, it's not that you don't trust me, it's that you're learning to trust me at a whole new level. Because my hope is enduring and everlasting. Stay with me. And then it would be really easy when you're diagnosed with cancer and you've gone through all this education to become a deacon and you're all excited and you're like, I could die. Why, why has God let this happen to me? I don't understand. But it was also in that same moment that God, through my friends, God, through my family, God, through my community, reached out to me in no uncertain terms and said, David, I love you. I love you. I would not have made it through that if it weren't for the faith, hope, and love that through the power of God's Holy Spirit, He continued to pour through me in that situation. Faith, hope, and love collided in that suffering and that difficulty, and it brought me through it. And not only did it bring me through it, it brought me through it stronger. And that's the beauty of how God's power and love works in our lives. So I'm going to end with a couple of questions. Have you fully, in every aspect of your life, committed yourself to God? Is Jesus your enduring hope? Is God your number one? And if you say yes to all of those questions, then praise God. And if you said yes, then ask yourself this. Am I sharing my faith with others? Am I giving hope to the hopeless? And am I allowing the love of being, having God number one in my life to be shared with those around me? And if you said no to one of the first three questions, then I'm going to quote St. John Paul II one more time. In the beginning of his pontificate, he looked out and he said, open wide the doors to Christ. And I would ask everyone here that in every aspect of your life to open wide the doors to Christ. Because when you do, the power of His Holy Spirit, that love and that mercy will pour forth into your very soul 
And it is by God's love and mercy that we are transformed and that those three theological virtues continue to grow in our life. May the God who loves us beyond measure